Welcome to the Life of Learning podcast. I'm Justus Frank, and today I'd just like to chat with you a little bit about uh, something that came up after I was having a conversation with some friends, um, and it's on the use of rewards. And this question that we kind of have of is there any time that rewards uh, should be used, or um, it's really valid to use them? Um, basically, yeah, is there any time to use rewards? And rewards are basically a use of bribery. Um, and a way of kind of manipulating someone. But, you know, we feel that there are situations where it is valid to use these things. So, an example that um, somebody recalled uh, was a time when they were hiking with their family, or tramping as we call it here in New Zealand, and the father offered um, some sweets, some lollies, to um, a particular child if they would reach uh, the next milestone of of the journey, of the hike that they were doing, um, presumably to get to another hut um, where they would stay for the night. So they're trying to get to this hut and um, the child is walking very slowly and so the father is giving um, these rewards of reaching the next milestone and the next milestone. And, you know, this is, uh, I could have picked uh, a lot of other different examples, but this is kind of the one that, that came up and um, that, uh, that has kind of been on my mind uh, the last few days. Uh, and the thing is that I really understand why this method might have been used. Uh, it certainly was effective in a sense, like from a practical viewpoint, like you're really trying to get to this hut, um, your child is very slow, using those rewards, uh, it, you know that that's going to get you to the hut faster, and therefore, you know, that's, you know, in a, from a practical sense, it worked. Um, and that's, you know, really understandable. Um, but just because uh, the parent in the situation uh, felt that it was, uh, you know, necessary to, to do this type of intervention doesn't mean that, therefore, all the <laughs> all the research regarding rewards is wrong. Um, it fully applies to this uh, case as well. So, using rewards as an extrinsic motivator, so something um, from the outside, uh, is a, a, an external way of control that focuses the receiver um, onto the rewards and the value of the rewards more highly than the activity. So for instance, um, you know, like a common example I'll use is if you say something like this, if you do the dishes, you will get a sweet. Um, so what you're doing is you're saying you're uh, valuing two different things, uh, doing the dishes and a sweet, and you're saying um, sweets are more valuable than doing the dishes. Um, sweets are more valuable than doing this activity. And so you're making basically this value judgment and saying that it's more valuable to get the sweets. And so that's what people focus on. And the value of, for instance, doing the dishes uh, actually decreases. And same thing with uh, walking, with hiking, with tramping. Uh, if you get people focusing on uh, the rewards that they get, um, they're not going to enjoy the walking, the hiking for its own sake, for its the internal um, 
the internal happiness I guess that um, that tramping and hiking uh, with people can give you but rather it's dependent on those external rewards and research has shown that even a single use of rewards uh, while heightening a person's desire to do the activity in the moment um, does lower their motivation uh, from their initial state of motivation to do the activity if the rewards are no longer present so what I mean by this let's give an example of some research uh, there was a bit of research um, done on children who were using magic markers um, to draw and some of them were promised a certificate with a ribbon and things like that uh, for their drawing and then and some of the children were not and then the researchers came back uh, a couple of weeks later and they observed the children in the classroom and they noticed that the ones who had got the um, the reward um, the external motivator they were less likely to use the magic markers um, when compared to the ones who hadn't had any reward and those who hadn't had any reward um, used them more or less the same amount or even more so that's a really interesting thing about how human beings work how we function um, rewards sap out enthusiasm for an activity when no rewards are when the rewards are no longer present so that's the thing it's we need to remember that using external controls um, does this thing and we need to be aware of this and take responsibility that that is what we are doing um, and the thing is that everything we do has an effect every, every action that we do in life has an effect and in nature there is no such thing as because you did something only once you know that therefore it's not beholden to the same principles to the same physical laws as any subsequent times are so exactly you're still you're still subject to the laws of gravity um, whether it's the first time you jump off the cliff or whether it's uh, you know the tenth time you um, or you're planning to jump off the cliff ten times the laws don't change um, depending on how many times you do the activity um, so in the case of external controls in this tramping situation it's also not that good and I'm gonna put this in here as well it's not good to just beat yourself up about this like like we all do these situations and we've all done these situations I've you know I was a school teacher and I had a lolly jar a sweets jar on my desk and I would hand them out um, as well and you know and that's the thing like when you're tramping and for instance you really need to get to the hut and uh, you know you're under some stress yes you know I understand it I fully understand that we we tend to resort to more manipulative tactics to get the job done from a practical standpoint so yeah but again the thing is to realize that you resorted to external controls and and this is the thing we need to ask ourselves these questions when we realize that that's what we've done how do we get ourselves into this position where we felt it necessary to resort to external controls and what can I learn and do different next time so that I don't end up in this situation again 
um, you know, and this could be for a number of reasons, for instance, in this hiking situation, you know, maybe you overestimated your child's stamina, um, maybe you didn't actually leave enough time um, so that your child can complete the hike, maybe, you know, you were basing it on the time that it takes you to walk rather than the time it takes for a child to walk. Um, and the thing not to do <laughs> in this situation is, of course, to think, oh, well, you know, it worked in terms of getting my child to the hut um, on time before nightfall, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do more of these hikes, and as long as I take a good stash of sweets um, with me, I'll be able to bribe my child into doing anything. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's it's not a good situation, because when we understand what rewards, what bribery does, uh, it's it's not a, a positive long-term effect. And the thing is that you need to then also, what we also notice with rewards is that you need to keep on eventually escalating them to keep ha trying to have the same effect. Um, so what you want to do is to think about your starting conditions so you don't end up in that situation in the first place. And that's the thing, so perhaps you need to adapt your expectations of what your child is capable of. As with so much in life, it's not the mistake, making the mistakes that is the problem. We all make mistakes, that's absolutely fine. And, but it's when we accept mistakes as the norm, then that's what becomes the problem. And what I've said so far, it seems like I'm saying that there are certainly, you know, quite a few situations where rewards um, and external incentives could uh, really be something that, that we should seriously consider. But what I'm saying actually is that there are very, very few situations, and possibly even if we get creative enough, nearly no situation where these external control uh, methods uh, are really a valid thing that we uh, should be doing. If we are willing to get creative, uh, we can actually think of some other solutions. So for instance, in the hiking example, like, first of all, we need to ask ourselves the question, you know, is it possible even, like in that situation, like, would it be a big deal if you arrived late at the hut? Uh, would you be able to walk in the dark for a bit? Uh, would that be a big problem? For instance, do you have torches? Is it still going to be safe? And we sometimes get overly focused on how we think, um, you know, this should work out. But sometimes we just need to think out of the box and go, actually, like, this result would actually be okay as well. Like, it wouldn't be the end of the world. For instance, like, if you arrived at the hut a bit after nightfall. Um, and perhaps like you might end up carrying the child for a bit or whatever it might be. But the thing is that often the best solutions uh, come down to understanding who we are as human beings and the basic desires that we have. And there are some basic desires about how we work as human beings. Uh, and often, if we can help others satisfy these desires, then they will reciprocally also help us in our needs and desires too. So one of these is the human desire to be social. 
Uh, we are very social creatures. Um, so in the hiking example, a child is more likely to walk if other people are walking with them. Uh, it becomes far harder for the child if they are just walking alone. Um, companionship is a strong motivator. And you know, as human beings, if we're together with other people, that can already be uh, a little bit of a motivator. But yes, that might not in and of itself be enough. So another way um, that we can be motivated and satisfy some of the desires that we have as human beings is through conversation. Um, so last year I went for a reasonably substantial walk with a couple of children who didn't do much walking, or who hadn't done much walking in the past, and they did find the hike rather difficult. So what I did with them is that we made up stories as we walked, and we ended up with some quite creative uh, stories. And the simple act, this simple act was enough to take away much of the focus on the difficulty of walking. You know, we all have our struggles and we all have uh, difficulties. But the thing is that it becomes more bearable if our other desires are actually being met. We can withstand certain difficulties in our lives if other desires, other um, parts of who we are as human beings uh, are being met and are being fulfilled. Now, this is not to say that one shouldn't take any sweets along on a walk, for instance, uh, but there is a big difference between saying, oh, it looks like you're a bit low on energy. How about you have a sweet to boost um, your energy levels? And compared to, um, if you walk solidly for the next 10 minutes, I'll give you a sweet. Um, the first option, you are simply recognizing a need and offering something, not as a reward, but just as a way of you're trying to be helpful to them. Um, the sec but the second option, um, you are, it is a direct use of bribery. And notice also with the second option that the command to walk solidly is quite subjective. Uh, <laughs> And you may find that your child will then push the boundaries of what it means to walk solidly. As I've shown, I think that there are a host of other options to consider before even using things like, uh, I haven't even talked about punishments, but in particular uh, rewards. Um, before we even consider those options, there are so many other options out there on the table that uh, we can use if we are being creative. And the thing is that we need to remember is that the costs associated with rewards are actually a lot higher than we think they are. Um, and so that's something really important to remember and also really important to remember to ask ourselves those reflective questions when we do end up in these situations where we end up using some sort of a reward or some sort of manipulative or tactic of some sort is to go okay, I ended up using that, I can't do anything about it now, but how did I get myself into that situation? And how, what can I do to be a bit more thoughtful about not allowing myself to get into that same situation again? And I'll say, you know, we've all done this. I've, as I said, I've, I've been a school teacher, I've used the lolly jar, and there've been situations where, yeah, you're, you end up, um, you know, using that little bit of bribery for one thing, uh, using the sweets for one thing, and then it becomes another thing and another thing, and eventually uh, nearly the whole class starts becoming about 
how to get these lollies, how to get these sweets off the teacher. Um, and exactly, it takes away the focus completely from any sort of learning that might be otherwise happening. So yeah, just thought I'd share some of those thoughts with you. And one thing that I can say, one thing that I can really recommend, uh, it's been a wee while since I've read it, but um, it's uh, this book here called Punished by Rewards, The Trouble with Gold Stars, Incentive Plans, A's and Praise and Other Bribes uh, by Alfie Cohn. And uh, yeah, it's a absolutely fantastic book and goes into a lot of this stuff and a lot into the research behind rewards and how they affect us as human beings. So, um, yeah, that's all I'd like to say for today. And thanks so much for um, enjoying this podcast with me. And I'll talk to you all again soon. All right. Thanks. Bye.